Obviously, we laugh at that because it seems as ridiculous as it is. Although there are some very educated people who are trying to get computers to do that, or they're trying to say, conjecture, that we are no more than a sophisticated computer, which means that our conscious experiences, our feelings, um, and so forth, um, are just um, like the movements of computer parts in some more uh, sophisticated uh, uh, manner than we've been able to move them, tweak them, put them together, and so forth thus far. But we laugh at it, and a common person will, will, will laugh at it, and many educated people uh, will, will laugh at it, the idea as well, that the computer would start talking back to us and feeling. But we feel. Hmm? Our brain is kind of like a computer, but we feel. And so the, so the idea, of course, of the, of the Vedantists, of the spiritual people, is that consciousness is not just something that comes out of the brain, but it's, it's ontologically different. The subjective realm of experience and the fact that we experience is really the more substantial realm than the objective world because we give meaning to the objective world by calling it different things, measuring it in different ways. And This is a seat. Says who? Hmm? Some conscious entity is saying that and making, giving meaning to it and so forth. So consciousness is an interesting subject and it's so interesting that that by speaking about what it's what it's not, it's very abstract and interesting. Hmm? I'm speaking about what it's not. It's not a brain, hmm? for example. It's not any combination of material um, atoms or um, protons or neutrons or quarks or or whatnot. This is the theory. It's a dualistic theory that there is matter and there is consciousness, substance dualism. And um, so we're talking about what it's not. What it is, that's, a, that's even more difficult to put into words because it, it, words and thoughts are all part of the objective world. Mm-hmm. So, it's not, and therefore it cannot be captured by word or by, by thought, and it's what we are. We transcend thought and word, hmm? and that's very abstract and very interesting in and of itself. But we haven't said that much about consciousness, although we said a huge amount in one sense. Still like, well, what is it exactly? Uh, and so this book... Chaitanya Charitamrita is like is talking about something way beyond the idea that consciousness is different from matter. Hmm? That there's a difference between the self, the entity, and the brain and the body, hmm? and the mind for that matter. Hmm? That's like the 101 of the, of the uh, in studies, the first class, the, the kindergarten, if you will, of Vedanta. Hmm? The difference between matter and consciousness. This book, it picks up way, way after that, far after that. It's speaking about the immortal character of the the, the, the nectar, like immortal character of uh, consciousness. It's 
it has something positive to say about consciousness rather than just negative, what it's not, which is profound in and of itself. This is what's, what makes our particular school of Vedanta quite distinct from many others. Hmm? Um, and particularly with regard to the extent to which it speaks positively about the nature of consciousness. And so, in this book, Chaitanya Charitamrita, which is also a narrative about the, the life and the activities of Sri Chaitanya, who is the founder of our, our lineage, and um, his, uh, his body lineage considered to be the, a particular kind of, uh, when you say, descent of divinity in the world. Hmm? Um, it's about the, his life, which uh, manifests in the world about 500 years ago. So it's a very recent, uh, comparatively, um, historical figure compared to, let's say, the Buddha or Jesus or uh, Krishna. Hmm? Of course, he's thought to be an avatar of Krishna or Krishna himself. But in very recent times, comparatively, recent enough that there is uh, objective from the present uh, times point of view, historical uh, evidence to uh, support that such a character existed and uh, he did so many things. There are a number of biographies about him or religious biographies, hagiographies about him and this is the, the central one of them. Hmm? And um, so in the context of speaking about his uh, extraordinary life, uh, his teachings also unfold. And here we have been discussing the central part of this book. It's called the Ramananda Samvad. I've compared it to the Bhagavad Gita, if you're familiar with that, within the context of a larger book called the Mahabharata. The Mahabharata is a book, the longest ep- epic of, in human, um, um, well, history of literature. It's 100,000 verses. It's much longer, for example, than the Greek Iliad and the Odyssey, just to give you some background. And within it, um, it's, it's 100,000 verses. There are 700 verses that constitute the Bhagavad Gita. And if you were to take those 700 verses out of the 100,000 verses, you could throw the other, whatever that comes out to, number of verses out the window. It would not have the, the kind of power and, and uh, um, bring kind of value to the book that the Gita does. And um, as a result, the Gita has become widely known as a separate book unto itself. So Chaitanya Charitamrita is like the Gita of the Mahabharata. Hmm? Excuse me, I should say, the Ramananda Samvad is like the Gita uh, of the Chaitanya Charitamrita, as the Gita is to the Mahabharata. Ramananda Samvad is to Chaitanya Charitamrita. It's a conversation, like the Gita as well, between Krishna and his devotee. This form of Krishna is, of course, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, and his devotee, in this case, is, is Ramananda. Hmm. And so, their meeting, and, and I'm giving you some background, uh, and it's an interesting meeting in itself because Ramananda is a, is a, is a highly situated government um, official, and uh, as, as a result, he's well-dressed uh, and, um, and uh, taken care of. Hmm? Um, 
he has many attendants and um, he's not short of, of, of money and, uh, um, and uh, a well-known person in the area of South India. And Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is walking barefoot, very uh, barely, barely dressed as a renunciate. Hmm? And uh, they're meeting on the banks of the sacred river, the Godavari. Hmm? Chaitanya was asked to meet with Ramananda by Sarvabhauma in Jagannath Puri, who was the king, who was the guru of the king of Jagannath Puri. And Chaitanya Mahaprabhu had a very oh, tremendous influence on this Sarvabhauma, who previously had known Ramananda but could not understand him. The kind of things that he was interested in and preoccupied with could not be understood by Sarvabhauma, although Sarvabhauma was a Vedantist. Uh, Vedantist means he was a, in, in this context, he was a great scholar of Vedanta and a very um, sober and wise and learned person. Hmm? Uh, he used to teach young renunciates the logic of renunciation and, and what, what, is, what is matter, what is consciousness, that they would not get distracted by matter from pursuing uh, the consciousness that we are all constituted of. So he was a very, very sober person. In fact, if you look in the Encyclopedia Britannica, this person, Sarvabhoma Bhattacharya, is mentioned as the most famous logician of India you know, for all uh, time. Hmm? So this is a person who was captivated by this young boy. I mean, Koko, how old are you? 24. Chaitanya Dev was 24 years old at this time. Hmm? He had given up everything, like you, just to travel. Hmm? But his motivation was very extraordinary. Hmm? And his experience was very deep. And so this very deep and heavy, older person, very, you can imagine, very well grounded in logic. And this Chaitanya was taken to, to singing and dancing and falling on the ground and ecstasy and so forth. This 24-year-old lad converted to Sarvabhoma, made him like very lighthearted and, 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 and the, the experience of Chaitanya hmm, made the Vedanta of Sarvabhoma look like the ABCs of Vedanta. He could understand this Chaitanya is deep. Hmm, where I am in this and I'm very well known for it, is nowhere. Hmm. But what's happening, what, what possibilities lie there? And what possibilities lie in the objective world? Hmm. We are looking for a world where, there are, where nothing is impossible. That's what we look for. Hmm. We are looking always towards perfection, which is strong evidence as to our imperfection. Hmm. We look for that. If we... If we uh, in everything. Hmm? And it seems almost an impossibility, but still we, we look for that. We look for a land where impossible is not in the dictionary, hmm? so to speak. But the objective world is, is not the best place to, to, to look for that. The subjective world, hmm? oh, there are so many possibilities there. Just to use a simple example, in our waking condition, we can have so many experiences of the world. We can combine things together in certain ways. 
Uh, for example, my Guru Maharaj used to give the example, we can, we can see gold and we can see a mountain, hmm? but we never see a golden mountain, a mountain made out of gold. But in your dream world, in your mind, you can easily find a mountain made of gold, right? Hmm? So, this is moving somewhat towards the subjective, as much as mind is a subtler form of the gross world. And consciousness proper, in our school, of course, is, is, is far more subtle. Even to say more subtle would not be sufficient. It's categorically and substantially different. And the very basis of all subjective experience. Hmm? So, Sarvabhama was like floating on the surface of the ocean of consciousness and the possibilities of the subjective world. And Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was, had just gone to the bottom and come up for a breath of air to say, Haribol, <laughs> to Sarvabhoma. And Sarvabhoma was flabbergasted by this. He was, he was overwhelmed. This is, again, a very, very sober fellow. And so he, he recalled that previously he had met this Ramananda, and Ramananda was was like beyond him. He couldn't figure the guy out. And then he, when, he, when he came under the influence of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, he realized that Ramananda, he and Chaitanya, they've got something in common. They come from the same soil. Hmm? So he advised Chaitanya, when you go south, meet Sarvabhama. This is the whole reason that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu went to South India. Ostensibly, he went for other reasons, but the real reason he went was, well, he's a good student, so he considered Sarvabhama his guru. Sarvabhama told him meet meet Ramananda, so he went to meet him. But but this is the real and substantial reason he went. After all, this is narrated in the book how he went there, and this, as I say, the conversation they had is the center of the whole book. So we've been going through this, and what happened in the conversation is that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu asked Ramananda to say something about the goal of life and the way to attain it. And upon suggesting what the goal of life might be and what the means to attain it might be, please locate that idea on the map of Revelation. In other words, resort to the sacred texts hmm, which tell us something that we could not know otherwise. This is the idea of Revelation. There are things that we can know by our sensual apprehension, mental or intellectual apprehension, hmm, but there are some things we can't know by these instruments. Hmm? These are material instruments, so they don't have um, the kind of illuminating power to shed light on something that is superior to itself. And we are superior to the brain, to the mind, to the senses, to the sense objects, hmm? being an experiencer rather than that which is experienced which is the case of the brain and the senses and the sense objects and so forth. Hmm? So, hmm? you don't hold a candle at noon to light up the sun. Hmm? The sun comes of its own accord, dissipates the darkness. Hmm? So consciousness is self-existing and self-illuminating. Hmm? So, matter, darkness cannot shed light cannot illuminate light, something like just it just it's, 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 it's just the opposite. Hmm? So so there's something called 
revelation, which is it, it, it implies luminosity. Hmm? Um, it is it is the, the 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 sun, if you will, of the of the of the, of the source of consciousness, shedding light in the darkness that we might see ourselves. Hmm? So, sacred texts speak about something. The main focus there is something that you could not know otherwise. Hmm? There are other things in there in the context of saying what you could teaching what you could not know otherwise that you could know otherwise and maybe even better. Hmm? But it employs hmm, local knowledge as it's thought to be hmm, and that to shed light on hmm, itself, so to speak. Hmm? So, he asked, Chaitanya asked, you please, whatever you say, locate it on the scriptural map. Hmm? This was a standard of knowledge at the time. Hmm? Uh, rather than just imagining what might be the goal of life and how to attain it, we could, we could do that and we all sit and think, what will I do? What will be the best thing I can do? Uh, what would be the most desirable thing to attain and how would I go about it and so on and so forth. All of this is largely at the cost, hmm. this imaginative type of exercise, is at the cost of hmm, knowing what's worth knowing, hmm? the self. Hmm? I often have said that if we were to, to, if I was to be asked, what is the most profound experience that I've had in life? I think all of us could say, if we really thought about it, the fact that we experience because matter doesn't experience. We do. We're different from everything we see, everything we touch, everything we hear, everything we taste, everything we smell. We're different from it. How different? Completely different. It's non-experiencing. And we are the very basis of experience. Hmm? The ground of, of, of subjective experience, which gives meaning to taste, to form, to... to sound, and, and so on and so forth. Hmm. So, so Mahaprabhu said, you speak something and, 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 and give reference to the sacred texts because this is a kind, of, a kind of knowing is afforded there that you will not come up with by the exercise of your brain or mind or your, or your senses. Hmm? And so Ramananda began to pro- he proceeded and he made he's been making various suggestions as to what would be the goal of life and how to attain it. Hmm? And he started with some pretty interesting and, and ideas, ideas that you might find attractive. Hmm? His first idea was that you should follow the system of Varnashram, and in the context of that, you will satisfy Vishnu. What does that mean hmm? to us in our times and so forth? Basically, he advocated that. You, you, you should pursue a system of social interaction and organization of, uh, within an organization of the world hmm, that is centered hmm, ultimately on the satisfaction of Vishnu or God, hmm, the result ultimately of which would be that you would attain uh, emancipation from the struggle of material existence hmm? in due course. That sounds interesting. 
um, to us. It's a very, it, just to think about it for a moment, it's a very different idea than what the modern world sees, in one sense, as the goal of life. Hmm? The modern world sees the goal of life largely to be, well, freedom. This is talking about emancipation. Hmm? So we're talking about the same thing. But the modern goals ide- world's idea of freedom hmm, is is brought into question. Hmm? Freedom of opportunities to pursue um, the mind's demands, the senses' demands, and so forth. Um, we're constantly, through science, getting information about how the world works. And then in the hands of technology, we're creating things that facilitate choices, more choices. It's thought that the more choices you have, the freer you are, and the happier you will be. Of course, even some wise people in the world today realize that's not making people happier. More choices. Hmm? Oh, it's so troublesome. If you want to buy something, you think, well, okay, I look on the computer, and there's like so many different types of it, and so (laughs) I have to study it, and what's the price, and what's the plus of this one, the minus of that one, and so much time is taken up. Hmm? And uh, none of them are perfect. So, hmm. it's a, the more, more choices... It's a good idea, freedom, but more choices, does that constitute freedom? In the Varnashram system, by comparison, there are very, very, very few choices. And we could look at that and say, this is a very oppressive system, extremely oppressive. You know, certain people get only these choices. Another group of people with a different psychology, they get only these choices. Hmm? A third group gets only these choices. Brahmins, Chatriyas, Vaishyas, Sudras, they only have certain choices they can make. Hmm? But what's really happening in that system is, yes, choices are being limited within the context of, of the objective world. Hmm? But in the context, but by limiting the choices, the need to make choices hmm, is, is a great freedom in itself. Hmm? You understand? It's real clear. You will do this. You are born, and these are your qualities, and this is your character, so we'll plug you in here, and you'll do this. Hmm? Now the modern world would wait, wait a minute. You know, uh, I want to do something else. I, I want, but okay, and that in the name of freedom. But by plugging into the things that you are to do, which was ordained in the, in the sacred texts and so forth, according to your qualities and your character and um, and so forth, then the various the basic material tasks of life. Hmm? Um, are, were, were met, hmm? and the idea is the overarching goal of life was being pursued at the same time, which was a sense of freedom and emancipation that far exceeds the kind of emancipation or freedom that one can get by just having more and more choices materially as to what to eat, what to taste, what to smell, what to hmm, whatever, how to do this, that, or the other. Um, so, when you look at the larger picture, hmm, it, the, what appears to be oppressive hmm, is not so. We look back and we think this is oppressive, but we, we miss the larger picture of what is the ideal of it. So it's a pretty interesting idea in itself, but Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said, I'm not interested in that. We said it was interesting, but he said it's not. <laughs> it's interesting on some level, no doubt. Hmm. It's, it's very um, 
It's very well thought out and systematically organized for ultimate sense of freedom. But the sense of freedom that it affords is less than what Chaitanya Mahaprabhu wanted. Hmm? He wanted freedom not within the world, neither he wanted freedom from the world. Hmm? He wanted freedom to pursue the fully the nature of consciousness. Freedom within the world is at the loss of understanding the difference between consciousness and matter. Hmm? Freedom from the world, hmm? that sounds better then, right? Hmm? Freedom from birth and death. But the, that pursued directly unto itself is at the cost of experiencing all the possibilities, all the potential of consciousness. Its focus is worldly. Hmm? One focus in the pursuit of freedom is to acquire things in the world, and I think if I get more things, I'll be more free. I'll have a bigger car. I can go faster than other people. I can get there quicker, more comfortably. Um, so we're, we're in, in a mode of acquisition. Acquisition. We're thinking by adding things onto our life, we'll become freer, we'll become lighter. It doesn't really make a lot of sense. <laughs> we actually become weighed down. Hmm? Um, so this is one focus, to take from the world, to exploit the world, to be a taker, to acquire things. That obviously means a competition, a competitive life. There are so ma- only so many things, so many commodities. So we're competing as much as we're involved in a life of acquisition. And as much as we are identified with the, b- with the body as the self, we have to be a taker because the body has demands, whether it be in a crude sense or in a very subtle sense. We all have to breathe, so we don't so, you know, we have to compete for the air amongst the breatharians. Hmm. So it's problematic. Uh, and freedom, the implication is, will be arrived at, and non-exploitation will be arrived at becoming, by becoming free from the concept that I am the body and, and plugging into that, which gives life to a particular combination of material ingredients that then dictates hmm, to me. So one focus is, in the worldly focus, freedom by exploitation, by taking. The other focus is freedom by not taking. Hmm? Okay, that sounds better. Not taking. But both, you might note, both focuses are the world. One wants to take from the world. One wants not to take from the world, to get to leave the world. One wants to take the world, one wants to leave the world. Both focuses are the world, in a positive sense and in a negative sense. Hmm? So Chaitanya Mahaprabhu rejected both of these um, polar opposites because not only did he not want to exploit the world, not only did he want to necessarily get away from the world and just be without any fear or anxiety of death. Uh, uh, he wanted to explore all the, the depths, plumb the depths of the possibilities of the subjective world. And so what we've come to in this conversation is a certain point Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was rejecting everything that Sarvabhoma or that, that, that Ramananda um, suggested hmm, um, because it fell short of, of really pursuing arguably an, an ontology of ecstasy. Hmm? You see, as I said, this is what this book is about. It's about all the possibilities 
of, of the subjective world, of, of, of the world of consciousness. Hmm? And, and so when Ramananda came to a certain point in the conversation and said, well, Gyan Shunya Bhakti, he said, that's good. Say some more. Yeah, Mahaprabhu said, Prem. Hmm? Prem means love, to attain Prem. He said, that's good, say some more. Then he said, Dasya Prem, a specific kind of Prem. He said, that's good, say some more. And then he said, Sakya Prem. He said, that's very good. Hmm? Now you really said something. So what is this about? You see, again, this is this is what we, this is what the this is this conversation between the two of them. This is where it really starts. This is just the beginning point here. Dasya Prem, Sakya Prem, Vatsalya Prem, Madhurya Prem. Catch your breath, and then it goes so deep within there. This is nothing. This is an ontology of ecstasy. You will not find this anywhere in any spiritual lineage, whether it's good or not, you decide, but you will not find this anywhere. Hmm? Such an exploration of the possibilities of consciousness. Consciousness, by its very nature, is enduring. It's not like things of the world are here today and gone tomorrow. Hmm? It, 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 it exists in an enduring sense. It's eternal, in other words. If consciousness is different from matter, then it's not restricted by time and space. That means it has no beginning, it has no end. We have no beginning, we have no end. Hmm? We're also, consciousness is also cognitive. It knows, we know that we exist. Hmm? And consciousness also loves. Hmm? Such it ananda. Hmm? Mahabha wants to pursue this anandam, this, this loving side, because he thinks that an existence, there could be an existence that didn't know. But if there is a knowing, there has to be an existence that goes with it. There could be a knowing existence, but it might not be a loving existence. But if there is loving, then there has to be knowing and existence as well. So he concludes that among Sat, Chit, and Ananda, Ananda is the driving force. And because the self is Ananda, hmm, because God is Ananda, Anandamayobhyasat, therefore there is knowing, therefore there is being. You see, you want to know why the world exists. This is what, what Gaudiya Vaishnava says. Because the nature of Brahman is ananda, ananda maya therefore there is knowing, therefore there is being. So the knowing and the being are subservient to the loving. Hmm? They find their purpose, their meaning in that. Hmm? So he, he doesn't just want to be like matter, jada, inert, just to be. Hmm? He doesn't just want to know that I'm different from matter, for example, hmm? and be in a more enduring sense, in a, in, a, in a cognitive sense. He wants to love, and he thinks to know and to be is meaningless without loving. Hmm? So he wants to explore this aspect hmm, of the Godhead and of the self, which is a unit of the a ray of the sun, of the source of consciousness. Hmm? And he concludes, obviously, they have to, be, the self, if the self is to love, then it has to, there has to be a consciousness other to love, and this is the idea of Krishna. So, Prem, this is what Prem, he, not, he doesn't like the idea of Mukti. This is not very attractive, just getting away from the world. Hmm? But Prem, and now we, he's developing this idea of Prem, 
This is very, very extraordinary. Hmm? Um, and we're going through the progression. So he has said, Ramana said, Asakya Prem. This is the goal of life. Hmm? Mahaprabhu said, this is excellent. What you said, this is excellent. So far he said, that's no good, that's external, that's external. Then he said, this is good, this is good, this is good. This is very good, he said. This is excellent. Why did he say this was excellent? Because what has been spoken of here in this in last our last class was he cited a verse from Bhagavatam. What did he say? He said, "Itam satam brahmasukhanu bhutam." This verse came from the mouth of Sukadev in Bhagavat. You see, you have to understand what Bhagavat is about. Bhagavat is not about Krishna. Bhagavat is about prem, Krishna prem. That's what it's about. Hmm? Ramana cites a verse not about Krishna, about Krishna prem. Hmm? Then he will speak Vatsalya Bhakti, about Vatsalya prem. Hmm? If you have the prem, then the love, then the object of love has to be there. Hmm? I've often said, people may doubt the existence of God, but it's difficult to doubt the existence of love of God. Hmm? If you meet Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, he says, I believe in God. Well, I don't see your God. I don't mean I don't believe in him. But you look at Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's love of God and you think there must be a God. <laughs> Something making him like that. Hmm? He says, I say Krishna is God. Oh, the sound like this is God. And then he says, Krishna. And whop, tears flow from his eyes like, like a fountain. Hmm? And, and he melts in ecstasy right in front of you. Hmm? How happy are you? How happy you want to be? Hmm? Hmm. Uh, you want to limit that? Hmm? Are your hairs standing on end at every moment? Are you thrilled with every moment of existence? Every breath of your life is, is so profound that after inhaling, you, you don't know if you should exhale. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is how you want to live your life. How close are you to that? This is the question. Hmm? Mahaprabhu's living in that. Hmm? Hmm? And it means for, 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 for finding that kind of value in everything. There's this Krishna Nam. Hmm? People talk about living in the moment. <laughs> so when you meet such a person hmm, who has love of God... It's difficult not to believe in God. Hmm? Hmm? You may have trouble believing in God, but love of God. Hmm? This is the lighthouse hmm? on the shore. Hmm? In the night, it says the shore is here. The shore is here. Hmm? Lighting it up. You're on the sea and it's dark. Is there any land? And you see the lighthouse. Hmm? So Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, sadhus, a guru like this, like a lighthouse, there's land. Hmm? Someone wrote, Sanatana, do you have any real experience? I mean, any real experience you've been practicing? He gave a good answer, but some people say, this is my experience. I experience someone who has deep experience, and I'm staying close to that person. Hmm? That's sufficient. Hmm? That, is, that is intelligent. Hmm? 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 I'm still in the water. It's still, but I but I I see the lighthouse, and I'm not 
I'm not losing this sight of that. I'm going toward the lighthouse. Hmm? Something like that. And so do follow the sadhus. Hmm? So Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, when he heard this verse of Ramanam, this is a verse about Sakya Prem. Hmm? In, 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 in uh, is speaking, he's relating to the king, Parikshit, in Bhagavat, the nature of this cowherd friends of Krishna, their love and interaction. He says this, the sages and rishis call, it, call him Brahman, and the, the gods uh, and, and those in, in Vaidhi Bhakti uh, call him the supreme god, and, the, and, and some people call him an ordinary person, and these boys are playing with that supreme Brahman, that supreme god, like in a way that is that looks nothing like what you might think loving God would look like. Hmm? That's why he likes it so much. Hmm? It's not like Dasya Prem. In Dasya Prem, there's the master and there's the servant. Hmm? That makes sense to us. There's God and there's the God servant. And, uh, in Sakya Prem, that disappears. There's Vishrambha, competence, samatha, equality. Hmm? The, and, and Mahabhu think this now. This is this is this is Vrindavan Prem. Different types of Sakyabab. Purisambandi is there, like Arjun, Yudhisthira, Draupadi, and so forth. But the Roy Ramananda cited the verse from Bhagwat describing the Brajalila Prem, Sakya Prem. This is where it reaches its full uh, face. This Sakya Prem is the baseline of the whole of the Vrindavan, hmm? as we discussed. Hmm? In Sakya Prem, you can taste Madhurya Prem, you can taste Vatsalya Prem, you can taste Dasya Prem. Hmm? In Madhurya Prem, you cannot do that. Hmm? In Vatsalya, maybe you, maybe some older ladies in the Braj, maybe they have a little Sakya with their Vatsalya. Hmm? Some rare exception, but basically, Sakya Prem is the central focus in this sense. In Sakya Prem, you can have Sakya mixed with Dasya, Sakya mixed with Vatsalya, Sakya mixed with Madhurya. Hmm? Very interesting. Hmm? So Mahabhu liked this very much. He said, yeah, this is the beginning. Aho Bhagyam, Aho Bhagyam, Nanda Gopa Prachokasam, Yanmitram Paramanandam, Puna Brahma Sanatanam. This is the beginning of, the, of talking about that place, that, that realm hmm, of experience. Where we really we are get we are getting to the heart hmm, of what consciousness is about love hmm? because love in love in love there's a sense of unity and difference at the same time hmm? when there's love between the servant and the master hmm, we notice the difference. But the unity is harder to perceive. In Sakya Prem, the unity is, is perceived fully. So much so that we wonder, is there any difference? Hmm? Are they worshipping him? They look like they're defeating him, wrestling him to the ground and so forth. Hmm? Huh? So it's very extraordinary, this Sakya Prem. Hmm? We heard, what? That Krishna, who is Krishna? Krishna's Antakarana is made of Sakya Prem. His antakarana. Antakarana means buddhi, ahankar, chitta, manas. Hmm? These all have their spiritual manifestations. When consciousness has a material interface of brain and mind, 
it develops a personality in relation to the world, intelligence, a mind, an ego, and so forth. If you can change that interface of consciousness to a spiritual interface, that's what bhakti is. Bhakti constitutes a spiritual interface, the sarup shakti. Then you have develop a personality, hmm? an ego, a mind, a buddhi. All these braj gopas, they're all different. Some like mangoes, some like bananas, some like coconuts, some like all three. Hmm? Hmm? They're all different. They all have desires, many desires. Hmm? And all of their desires and everything they do is completely pleasing to Krishna. That is what Sakirasa means. Hmm? It's, it's rasa. It's all pleasing to him. Whatever they have, they have their, you see, Sarup Shakti facilitates freedom. We talked about freedom. Hmm? Maya Shakti inhibits the free will of the jiva. It, the more cho- material choices you have, <laughs> the less choices, the less choosing you're going to be doing. Maya Shakti inhibits free will. And in, in, in the, in the, you make certain choices and they're reinforced. That is karma and sanskar. Reinforced, reinforced. So you keep making the same choices, the same dumb choices, again and again. Hmm? When you t- when you turn yourself over to bhakti, that's the swarup shakti, just the opposite. It facilitates the, fr- the the unit of freedom that the jiva is, hmm? and love implies a freedom. Hmm? So this ananda aspect of the self, hmm? this swarup shakti facilitates that, and that is loving in this instance of sakiras. It's full of different. They're full people with desire, and all of their desires are pleasing to Krishna. It's not like, whatever Krishna wants, I do. This is a very basic idea. Hmm? Whatever I do, Krishna likes. <laughs> That's very different. You understand? Whatever I, whatever Krishna d- wants, I will do. Okay? Hmm? Whatever I do, he, lo- he wants that. Hmm? He wants to be associated with that. What kind of love is that? Hmm? How extraordinary is that? You see? Mahaprabhu says, yes, this is this is interesting. Now this is getting interesting. Hmm? Hmm? His antakaran, his manas, his booty, his uh, his uh, uh, ahankar and chitta, hmm? these are, it, 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 as I explained in the last discussion, these are all, this, it, these are Sridam, Sudam, Dam, Kinkini, these are four cowherds. These are all, these are the, these are the, Externally manifest, the antakaran, the internal, like, subtle spiritual, in the spiritual context, subtle body hmm, of Krishna. Manifest, and these are, they are, they are priyasakas, but Jiva Goswami says, actually they are priyanarmasakas because they know everything. That means they know about his romantic life because they are his mind. (laughs) They are his heart. hmm, They are his hunkar, his booty. You can't go anywhere without those things. Hmm? They, they're not, in the Leela, they're not f- functioning in relation to the romantic pastime, per se, but they know all about them. Hmm? This is also a way of saying this Priyanarma Saka, this is the full face of, of, of Sakyarasa. Hmm? This is Sakyarasa mixed with some Madhurja. Now we go from here to, to Vatsalya Prem, and, 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 and of course we're bringing something out that, that Ramanan doesn't bring out here. In, in fully kind of, or at least diving a little bit into the nature of Sakya Prem. Basically, Sakya Prem goes from Pranay to Prem. 
Pranaya means this. Pranaya means love, but it means this sense of identity that your body and mine are like no different. Hmm? There's no difference between your body and mine. If you don't know me and I touch you and you bump into me, you go, oh, sorry. But if you know me and we can bump and put my foot on your head and it won't matter to you. Hmm? Right? This is pranai. Because in pranai means your identity is extended. Hmm? You understand? And there's some sense of equality. Hmm? You can find this pranai in Sakyaras. You can find this pranai in Maduras. Not in Dasyaras and not in Vatsalyarasa. Hmm? So pranai to prem. Hmm? Prem to sneha. Hmm? Sneha to rag. This is Sakyaras. However, hmm? in the case of the, the Priyanarma then, it goes from pranai to prem. From prem to sneha. Sneha to rag. Rag to anurag. Rag to bhav. Bhav to mahabhav. Hmm? No. Not Maranakya Mahabhav, but Rudha Mahabhav. Not Ariruddha. Hmm? Very high, but still some distance to go with regard to the attendants, the, the made handmaidens of Radha. Hmm? That is Ariruddha Maranakya Mahabhav. Hmm? But the point here I'm making is that Sakyabhav, in this sense, exceeds the ecstasy of Vatsalyabhav, which, Vatsalya Prame, which comes next. But the ordinary, the general idea is that this Sakyabhav goes to Rag and what is the difference in Vatsalya Prem? Because he was saying now, Vatsalya Prem, obviously that's also excellent. Hmm? Vatsalya Prem, here goes from Prem to Sneha. Sneha means like affection. It means it, the heart melts. Hmm? No Pranai, but Rag. Rag means things that are difficult become pleasurable in his service. Hmm? If it's very hot, out. But picking flowers, please him. That that hotness, it has. It's like nectar. It doesn't bother. It has the power to turn suffering into joy, hmm? because of the absorption in Krishna that it affords, with regard to anything that one is doing. It's very extraordinary. The difference between the general idea of Sakyabhav and one of them and Vatsalya Prem is that while Vatsalya Prem goes from Prem to Sneha to Rag, like Sakya Prem, it really stays always in Rag. And, of course, the we say that these, these different ecstasies, ecstatic realities, loving realities, they, are, they build on one another in a sense. In, Sa- in, in Shantaras, which we discussed at some length, there is attraction for Krishna and no material desire. Add to that Dasya, hmm, Sambrahma, uh, reverence, or Gaurava, two types, and you have Dasya Prem. From Dasya Prem to Sakya Prem, confidence comes. Hmm, and a greater intimacy. Hmm. Sambrahma is left behind. We say there are progression and each one contains what the other one does. But they also leave some things behind. Hmm? Reverence is left behind in Sakyabhav. Hmm? And the mamata, the minus, the, the possessiveness, is concentrated into confidence and equality. That same confidence and equality that and, 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 and resulting from the, the possessiveness in Vatsalya Prem, it turns into maintenance and protection and 
And so the, the object of love is now being protected, being taken care of, hmm? being maintained. It's different than a Sakya Prem. Hmm? You won't experience that in Sakya Prem. And they don't experience so they each one is they're all different at the same time too. But this is a the progression. The progression is really one of intimacy, hmm? is the idea. Hmm? So we come to this Vatsalya Prem. Mahaprabhu says, yes, also this is I, this is very excellent. Of course the, the prime example of this is Jashoda Mai. She is the, the the mother of Krishna. This is itself an extraordinary idea. That God has a mother. Well, you know, what is that? What does that mean? What does that mean? Hmm? This ba- the basic idea of, of of this is something like this. There's a nice example when when Bhakti Tridai Bond Maharaj was sent to Europe in Germany. I've told this story before. Some of you may may have heard it, but he went to Germany and he was invited uh, to a drama. And in the drama, what the drama was a theistic drama. So in the drama, there was the main stage and there was a balcony. In the balcony was God. And then the other players were on the stage. And so every now and then during the play, um, God would have a part and he would say, I bless you from the balcony. I condemn you, you know, from the, from the balcony. The main stage is down below and God's in the balcony. So after he was, he was shown this, uh, this drama, hmm, he asked, what do you think about it? He said, it was very nice. I liked it very much. He said, the difference, but the difference between your Theistic idea and and ours is that you keep God in the balcony, and we keep him on the main stage, hmm? on the main stage. In other words, when we speak, often it's just the opposite here. What we're talking about, we often think God is the Father. We are the sons and daughters. Hmm? God maintains us. God takes care of us. Thank you, God. Hmm? This is the basic idea. Hmm? What's being talked about here? This is why Mahaprabhu says, yes, this is very interesting. I like this. God is becoming the son. You see, you think about it. Think about it for yourself. Who do you think more about? Your your father and mother or your child? Hmm? When you have a child, the only reason you think of your father and mother is that they can come babysit. (laughs) You see... (laughs) It's much more consuming, this Vatsalya Prem. Hmm? Yeah? You understand? So this is a way, it's a way of speaking about absorption in the absolute. Hmm? By using examples of, of, uh, in, of love psychology, really. Hmm? Hmm? Says, so, so there's a possibility of this kind of absorption where God becomes like the son. Hmm? Your son. And you think how absorbed you might be in your son or your daughter. Hmm? So, uh, so he he cites the he's going to he, of course he's been asked as I said to cite a couple of verses from uh, wherever he cites two verses from Bhagavatam. What are they about? Vatsalya Prem. Because of course wherever there's Vatsalya Prem, there's Krishna. Wherever there's Sakya Prem, there's Krishna. Again, the book is about Prem, about Krishna Prem, not about Krishna. But of course, Krishna Prem is only about Krishna. That's where you find Krishna. Sometimes people say, "Have you seen Krishna?" I say, I wasn't looking, I don't know. I was looking to serve Krishna, hmm? to love Krishna. Hmm? And I have many things to do, but I wasn't looking for Krishna. But of course, the, po- the point is, Krishna will be found in loving Krishna. That's where he's found. If you go looking for Krishna, you won't find him. Hmm? 
if you look for loving Krishna, for serving Krishna, you find him there. Hmm? That's where he is. This is Beda Beda, Achinta Beda Beda. Krishna and love of Krishna, they're one. Again, you may not believe in God, but hard not to believe in love of God if you come in touch with it. Hmm? It's electrifying, it's contagious. Hmm? Even if you don't understand it, you think something's going on there, and it's interesting. Hmm? So, Vatsalya Prem. Hmm? He cites two verses from Bhagavatam, example of Mother Jashoda. It's a little late. What is the time? Seven, seven this could be a long explanation of the verses, so we'll save it for tomorrow. But uh, but <laughs> but this is a basic I, basic idea. Now he comes. What is what is uh, this? Is this Jashoda's love? Of course, he cites from Dhamma Lila. This is the central Lila of Bhagavatam for Vatsalya Rasa. We just passed through this Sakya Rasa, chapters twelve. 13, 14, 15 of Bhagavatam. Hmm? All these all these pr- forms of preem that have been discussed, they're all showcased in the Bhagavatam. The center focus, of course, this Madhuri Lila, he'll come to that next. So, any question? Yes. Is there, is there any example in, in Gaudiya Vaishnavism from this uh, Vatsalya Rasa? Vatsalya Rasa and Gaudiya Vaishnavism. Well, we find it in Sachi for Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Hmm? But as far as sadhakas attaining that, um, the way in which you attain a particular bhava and prem is dependent upon the association that you have. Hmm? So we found Chaitanya Mahaprabhu giving this Madhurya Prem, Nityananda Prabhu, it's embodiment of Sakya Prem. These are the two presiding deities of Gaudiya Vaishnavism. So this we find prominent. There may be some, very few, very exceptional. And then you, you would have to think, what is the background to that? And so forth. Examples. But in Balabha Sampradaya, hmm? Balabha was a contemporary of Mahaprabhu. Hmm? In Balabha Sampradaya, this Vatsalya Prem is prominent. And Mahaprabhu ultimately blessed Balabha. You have your own sampradaya. Hmm? There they worship Nathji. Hmm? They come and offer toys and things to him like he's a little boy. Been, they, they, so there's a culture of Vatsalya Prem that's called Pushtimarg. Hmm? And Rupa Goswami recognized, acknowledged that what we call what we call Vaidhi, some <coughs> other people call Maryada. What we call Rag. Some other people call Pushti, and they're similar. Hmm? This Mariada is the Balabha Sampradaya term for for, um, for Vaidhi Bhakti, and Pushti means Pushti means you see to nourish. Hmm? This is their term for, for 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 what we call Ragmarg. So, if one wants Vatsalya Prem, you can go there. Hmm? You'll be facilitated. For ourselves, though, now, you know, you come with these first, we've got to talk about Yashoda Mai. We will, we will love Yashoda. We will think, Yashoda is my mother, Nana is my father. This is the general idea. Everybody in Vrindavan thinks Yashoda is my mother, and every boy, every girl thinks Yashoda is my mother, and Nana is my mother. They have their own mothers and fathers, too, but they are the principal mothers and the principal fathers of Vrindavan, the king and queen of Vrindavan. So the general idea, you try to think, that Nandamara is my father. Hmm? Yashoda is my mother. So when you hear about Yashoda, 
When you hear about Sachi, Sachi's love for Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, then you, you think like that, oh, this, I, you, can, you can lose your attachment for your material mother. Huh? This is my mother. Hmm? Hmm? I'll go, we'll go to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's house and see Mother Sachi. Hmm? She's the mother of the universe. This whole Krishna Leela, Kabi Karnapur said, the whole reason for Krishna Leela manifesting in the world is so that Mother Yasoda could have a son. Because he's, there's no birth Leela in the Aprakat, in the Nitya Leela. So what kind of motherhood can you have? You don't give birth. That, that's the most traumatic thing. Mother gives the birth and looks. What happened? There he is. Uh, it's powerful. It's a powerful impression. Sanskar, stay with you your whole, whole life. So it's, it, he said to have, for, for, for her sake, hmm, this motherhood is very much uh, glorified in Hinduism and Gaudiya Vaishnavism. Mahaprabhu was, the, was a puppet in the hand of Sachi. Whatever she would have said after he took sannyas, he would have done. If she said, give that up, go back to Vishnu Priya, he would have done it. But she would have known the whole world, the religious world, would have gone into ruination. So... <laughs> So she was, she's pious, she wouldn't do that. Hmm? You think, if you hear about such, you think, oh, and I can have a mother like this, I go there. Hmm? Yeah, you know, in, in the village, and then everybody, all the women are mothers, but especially Sachi, she had just showed up, same, Nanda Maharaj. You hear about them, and you think, yes, I can be part of this family. This is, I, this is a family I want to live in. Hmm? What else? Yes. How is it that Jagannath Mishra was able to give up his body? Because it said that you know Nanda and Yashoda wanted to commit suicide after Krishna leaves from Nalan. They they stayed alive. You know they couldn't. Um, how was he allowed to? Well, how could he, you know? I've read the comparison that that say Dasarath left his body after Ram left. But Nanda and Yashoda couldn't. felt like they wanted to, but they couldn't because it would cause Krishna... They, wouldn't, they didn't want to make Krishna an orphan. Right. Krishna would be unhappy if they found out they died. Yes. So they wouldn't die. Was it in Gordon that Jagannath Mishra was able to, to leave Mahaprabhu? Yeah, no one has commented on that, um, the, the, the passing of, of, uh, of Jagannath Mishra. But I think that it... Um, it, it uh, it's, it serves in some way to highlight the plight of Sachi hmm? and Mahaprabhu's taking sannyas is accentuated, in other words, the, the drama of that, hmm? which is done for our sake. Hmm? So with the passing of Jagannath Mishra, in the context of the Leela, Sachi is dependent upon her son. Hmm? Because in the in that culture, then, the mother would take would be take would take shelter of the eldest son. The eldest son, of course, had gone. Mahaprabhu was the only son left, hmm? and so and now he's going to take sannyas. And so, the act of his taking sannyas, which is for the jivas, it becomes like if you understand, it goes, "Wow, what he that is incredible." And then then the weight is put on her. He throws it back on her. I'll give it up if you like. Hmm? And so she and she 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 gives Mahaprabhu to the world. Sachi Garba Sindhu Harindu. Rising like the like the moon from the 
ocean or from the womb of Sachi, this Sachi Nandan. This is his, you know, it means she loved him so much, but she gave him to the world. So it enabled her to exemplify that, uh, to a- accentuate the nature, the measure of that um, uh, kind of sacrifice of Mahabhu. All the, the such a prominent member of the Leela Vishnu Priya and Sachi they're sacrificing for, for us that should endear us to them so this Leela is a little different than Krishna Leela it is it has this outreach ma, um, uh, Audarya aspect to the Madhurya so I think it, it plays into that to facilitate that and to emphasize that the magnanimity of it so he's a willing participant in 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 magnifying, accentuating the magnanimous nature of Gorlila. But he he left, he took Sanya, chasing after the people, ruled by Maya. This with the blessing of such I mean you it's you have to, you know, get into it and think, what was her pain? Hmm? This should be your thing. Empathize with such you know your friends come and they say, ah, my mind, listen to me. You know, I've got a problem. This guy's giving me a hard time. We want to empathize with him. But these talks, what you're supposed to go away with is, i got to empathize with Sachi tonight. I have a thing. got to get into a space, what she felt, what it was like. This will make all your little problems go away. <laughs> this is huge. Hmm? an invitation for this. What else? Yes? So I was just playing about Ron and the Sambad and some aspect. But uh, in the end of the explanation of when Mahabra was asking and how recognize the supremacy of Simata Radhika and Ramananda Ramananda Roy explaining that the past tension, past antipension is interesting. Part of it, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. At least today is third. Today is that past antipension, yeah, yeah. That means the the two Rasalilas in the in the in the um, Sarat Punim and the spring. Pasanta means springtime. Yeah, it's uh, then this leela. Then there's no, there are no sadakas. Hmm. This is the leela. This is the ras leela described by Jaidev in 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 Gita Govinda. But that is a whole big topic. We don't have time to go into that. But I appreciate you reminding us of that, and also the appearance and disappearance of many auspicious personalities, Krishna Pridhi, Raghunathas Goswami. Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur. Yeah. We were, we were reading in the morning from Siddhar Marsh's about, about speaking about them on this day. This morning we read about Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur. Last, yesterday, the Ram, Raghunath Thakur. So, today, tomorrow, who? We read. Hmm? No, but tomorrow... No, we read Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur. Anyway. Yeah, anyway. That's another thing. Wednesday's Advaita's appearance today.
What else? I have a question. When you were, toward the end, you were making a typical analysis from Dasya to um, Sakya Bhatsali, and you said <coughs> about protection that it's not in Sakya, and I realized that I hadn't realized earlier, you said everything is included in Sakya, even aspects of Madhurya. So how did you mean? What did I say? That everything is included in Sakya Prima. What did I mean? Yeah. I mean, you said even even Madhurya, you said all the other uh, ratis are included in Sakya Prima. I think I'm... No, what I'm saying, what I said is, in Sakya Prima, we have forms of Sakya Prima that include Madhurya, that include Vatsalya, that include Dasya. We don't have forms of, sa- of Madhurya Prema that include Vatsalya, that include Dasya, that include Sakya. We don't have forms of Dasya that include Madhurya, hmm? that include Vatsalya. You generally, the general idea, you don't have forms of Vatsalya that include some Sakya, hmm? some Madhurya. Hmm? Maybe some little Sakya sometimes, in some, some few cases, some people may say, hmm? In some older ladies, Fatsalia, but but in Sakuras it's very prominent in this in this way it's 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 it has a central position because in Sakuras you can have Sakya mixed with 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 uh, with Dasya, that is called the the, the Sakha. Hmm? You have Surit Sakha means Dasya mixed with Batsalia. Hmm? and there's some older brother type move. Or you have uh, Dasi mixed with Madhurya, this is the Priyanarma. Hmm? That's what I'm saying. Yes? Where is it described in Bhakti Rasamrita development for Prem stops at Rag, I think? You know, the d- development of Prem and Sakti Ras stops at, at Rag. It's not described that it goes into Bhag Mahabhag. Where is that mentioned? Where, where is that? That's in 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 the uh, third um, wave of the would be the what the southern um, section of the ocean of <laughs> devotion where Sakya Prem Preo Bhakti Ras is described. Hmm? Well, I was thinking that it stopped. At, it described Pranay, Prem, Rog, but it doesn't describe. It doesn't, oh. it doesn't describe that, that Sakuras goes into Mahabhav, Ani, whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's described in Ujbal Nilmani. Because in Ujbal Nilmani, you see, in Bhattarasamrita Sindhu, Dasi Prem, Shantarasa, Dasi Prem. Hmm? You may note that also. We say Shantarasa, Dasi Prem, Sakya Prem, Basali Prem, Madhuri Prem. Madhuri Prem is given only a little bit of treatment in Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu. He's got a whole book about that. Hmm? First two chapters of Ujjwal Nilmani, they also talk about Sakibhav. Hmm? And then in Chaitanya Charitamrita, which is drawing from all these books, of course, it's also mentioned there. Hmm? And Mahaprabhu's teaching to Sanatana, I believe. Hmm? That's discussed all... What what each of the basic styes develops into in terms of sneha, man, pranay, rag, and rag, mahabha. All right, yes? Um, <coughs> these uh, different descriptions, like the rag, anurag, I mean, these are high high levels that are beyond me, but 
sometimes we experience. He said that rag means like that. Well, performing the sacrifice, you know, even the most difficult situation can be like nectar. So, also like in serving guru, you get some difficult situation, but it like, you know, it's it's even enhancing the, the experience. And is it is, is that like a there's some correlation there? Is it? Yeah, let's give you some idea. Yeah. Help to give you some idea. Hmm. Yeah. Rag converts these things automatically. Hmm? Like Sanatana Goswami walking on the sands. Yeah. All right. So, Sri Dauji Gopal Ki Jai, Puri Vaishnav Guru Parampara Ki Jai, Chaitanya Charitamrita Ki Jai, Ramana Sambhad Ki Jai, Gaur Bhakti Vrinda Ki Jai. Oh, Premanandi. Oh.